Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, when you hear the Big Ten fight songs, you know it's time for another edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Suli Andy Anders with you. We are uh, three weeks into the season, at least for some teams. For the Ohio State Buckeyes, that's important. They get a win over the weekend against Rutgers, uh, Michigan. Wow. Wow with Michigan. I don't know, Andy. It's, uh, it's not looking good for the uh, Michigan Wolverines and head coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, nor is it looking good for James Franklin and the Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll get into all that today as I grab something to hold my microphone up a little bit higher. How are you? What's your impressions of OSU Rutgers? A lot of things to like, a lot of improvements for Ohio State, honestly. I know there will be fans out there um, who would talk about the second half and how Rutgers came back, you know, made it more of a game after it was 35-3, you finished at 49-27. Rutgers threw out, that was the most trick plays I've ever seen in a game since I've been covering the sport. Looked like a Bobby Bowden training film there for goofy goofy, uh, trick plays. Bonkers! I wish I could have. I wish today my offense when when I played had a throwback <laughs> to a line. Then I would have loved to score a touchdown on that. <laughs> um, but you know, you had that. You had all the trick plays going. You had really just the backups were in for out of twenty out of thirty minutes, probably in in the second half there. Um, and really, you're going to lose motivation. It's just human when you're beating a team like that. Uh, so I don't put as much stock into the fall off in the second half as other people might. Now, there are definitely still flaws that need fixed with this team. Uh, I think Sean Wade uh, still hasn't fully adjusted to the outside at corner. Uh, he got mossed, as you might say, mm-hmm. uh, once once in that game. Yep. And obviously didn't look great against Jahan Dotson last week. Um I think the defensive ends, they still don't have that bell cow rush in who's getting home for sacks consistently. Cooper showed a little bit of that in week two against Penn State, but really nowhere. I'm surprised. I looked back at the snap counts, Bruce, and I was surprised to see Zach Harrison played as much as Tyler Friday and Javante Jean-Baptiste because he was really unheard from um, against Penn State. I don't have the snap counts yet for Rutgers, but I've just – I thought he would be sort of the heir apparent given his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the coaching of Larry Johnson to Chase Young, and we haven't seen that yet. Uh, so some of those concerns still on defense, but, I mean, Justin Fields in the passing attack looked incredible again. Um, he's improved from last year, but um like to hear your thoughts on the game now. Yeah, I'm with you pretty much all the way across the board there uh, as it concerns uh, Zach Harrison and the pass rush. You know, I thought Zach would be uh, a guy who Ohio State might lean on to get to the quarterback. They are able to generate pressure in the middle of the line. That's going to be important. He has not yet lived up to his five-star billing. Doesn't mean he won't. It just means the bar is so high with the Bosa brothers and Chase Young that people have outrageous expectations of a true sophomore. Uh, when it comes to the secondary, uh, I think there's some holes there that uh, some teams that throw the ball well, Florida, Alabama, Clemson could exploit, but Ohio State's problem is they really don't play anybody in the Big Ten and aren't going to play anybody in the Big Ten. That gives them a decent look like one of those other playoff caliber teams will. And then the other uh, point that I would address is what Ryan Day said afterwards about Ohio State has to create more of its own energy because it can't count on the home crowd. And they were a bit upset that Rutgers was able to, you know, trick themselves into uh, a semi-competitive game on the scoreboard. And um, I just think that that is much ado about nothing. I mean, I really don't see that Ohio State has a problem at all. Creating its own energy was the term that Ryan used. They, um, they're they up 35-3. to three. I mean, that is, to me, the quintessential example of creating your own energy. So... Uh, what's the what's the fuss over that? Uh, I think it's right. It looks like we uh, we might have lost Bruce there. Can you hear me, Andy? Let's see if we can't. Uh, you cannot hear me. Fix whatever's happening. All right, hold on one second here. Okay, well, um, <laughs> sorry about while that. We're, uh, while Bruce is having some technical difficulties on his end, uh, guess I'll. Uh, I'll go into some other games across the Big Ten. Just want to say it was a very wild week, um, and I'm not fully sure what to make of it. Uh, you had Northwestern, Indiana are now the two ranked teams left in the Big Ten, and along with Wisconsin. And if you just told me before the season that would be the case, I would have called you crazy. I mean, Indiana was my Big Ten sleeper team. But I did not think... They were going to go out and beat Penn State and be 3-0 and to start the season and be ranked 10th in the conference and beat Michigan, no less, as well. So to regather ourselves, we were talking about OSU and uh, the whole thing with the Buckeyes not creating their own energy. Ryan Day said after the game that he felt like they need to be more accountable for creating their own energy in games. I think when you're up 35-3, to you've done that. Uh, there is an inherent skepticism when you're playing Rutgers that they're going to be able to come back from 35-3. to uh, So maybe you let your guard down. Uh, Rutgers gets a little amped up when it tries one trick play and it works. Um, and things build off of that. But in no way, shape, or form do I come out of Saturday's game thinking that Ohio State has exposed some kind of vulnerability someplace. Do you? 
No, uh, mainly it's just the issues we've talked about before the season. Uh, it's young and experienced secondary. Uh, I don't look at it. I'm not concerned about them wake, getting up for opponents, honestly. Uh, I've seen some fans that have said, you know, oh, you got to, if you, it's not a championship mentality not to stay motivated in the second half. It, it It's Rutgers. And Rutgers has the stigma attached to it as, you know, having been the worst team in the Big Ten for years and years. Uh, they might not be this year. They did beat Michigan State. I think Greg Schiano has that program moving in the right direction. But you're up 35-3 to against a team that has never given you any sort of a game, if you're Ohio State, at least this decade. And, frankly, who wouldn't lose motivation and mail it in at that point? Um, I know that's not the message that coaches preach, but at the end of the day, I don't think you can look at this and be all that upset if you're an Ohio State fan. They looked about as good as you could hope in the first half of that game, and then the trick plays, Rutgers came out firing. You're Ohio State, you're always going to have that target on your back. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I, I made a little joke on Twitter today. I said, you know, if there's ever a year where – on paper, you could argue that Indiana, Rutgers, and Maryland are better than Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Uh, it would be 2020, right? It's like the most 2020 thing ever that uh, the bottom feeders in the East, traditionally, Indiana, Rutgers, and Maryland, would have an argument at this point in time, oh, we're better than Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State because Michigan lost to Indiana Michigan State's lost to Rutgers. Penn State's lost to Maryland. But there's no doubt who the number one team is in the East. There's no doubt who the best team is in the Big Ten. Ohio State, uh, they're going to have the same problem they had keeping their energy up against Rutgers all season long because uh, maybe Maryland keeps it interesting for a while. Uh, they're, they're scoring. Uh, the Terps haven't shown me any ability to really play great defense. I don't think holding Penn State's offense in check is any great accomplishment. Uh, Michigan just looks inept like they don't even want to be on the field. Let's let's go to Bloomington and Saturday and what happened there with a Michigan team that had every reason to fight back from its loss at home to Michigan State. All week long, you hear how terrible you are. You hear how bad your coach is. You hear that the program is in disarray. And you come out and you get dominated physically and you get beat 38-21. to 21, And I watched every minute of that game and I didn't think it was as close as the final score. Did you? Oh, no. I also watched every minute of that game. I was very interested to see it. I thought, you know, it was a real measuring stick for Indiana and for Michigan. It was going to tell you a lot about the future of those programs, end of their seasons. You see, to two totally different trajectories there, isn't there? You yeah. got Indiana's gone like this in the recent years. Michigan's going like this right now. Um, 38-21, and like you said, not even that close. Boy, the technical issues. See, we started, Andy, we started talking about a team plan poorly, and you saw what happened to my internet connection, right? It just went in a dumper again. So um, I'm trying to figure out how I can hear you because we can do a podcast with me reconfiguring my internet, but we can't do one if I can't hear you. I assume you can hear me. Can you hear me? Okay, you can hear me. All right, great. Um, all right, why don't you... <laughs> 
this is like uh wow i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do here why don't we um the people on twitch have got to be loving this andy they're like what's going on with the tech they're on the a few good men on the big 10 podcast well let me give people a reminder about our title sponsor uh while i'm doing that uh and hopefully andy will come back or hopefully my computer will stop spinning or something will happen but uh american betting experts they are our partners on the chris landry football network and on the landry football channel on twitch uh American Betting Experts is one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It is that easy. Again, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right-hand side of the page and get in the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Are we in agreement that Jim Harbaugh cannot receive a contract extension from Michigan beyond this season? The Wolverines are scheduled to play Wisconsin at 7.30 Saturday night in Ann Arbor. Uh, that game is an absolute must for Jim Harbaugh. He cannot lose consecutively to Michigan State, Indiana, and Wisconsin. Um, Don Brown, Josh Gaddis, they don't have a coordinator in my mind that you turn the team over to with a midseason firing, and Jim Harbaugh is the kind of guy with his history at Michigan and everything. It's a really ticklish situation on making a change from him to another coach, period. It's an impossible situation to manage if you're going to depart from Jim Harbaugh in the middle of a season. It's not, I can't imagine him quitting in midstream. uh, And I can't imagine them firing him in midstream. Can you? No. um, They would not fire him during the season, especially like you said, there's no heir apparent within the program to come and take that role over. Need that interim head coach if you're going to make a midseason firing. But they, I think the program has far too much respect for Jim Harbaugh still to fire him in the middle of the season. They're just not going to do it. Um, yeah, what I was saying about Harbaugh before, yeah. uh, the technical difficulties there, is I think the only way you can salvage this season really and maybe get a contract extension is if you went out, you need to beat Ohio State essentially. I, I'd say even if you – even if you lose to Wisconsin, maybe you beat Ohio State. It might mean enough uh, to the boosters, to the athletic directors. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I don't think there's any chance this Michigan team can beat this Ohio State team. Um, well, I guess there's always a chance. But I, it's, they, they'll be very overmatched in that game. Um, well, with, what they've, with the way they've struggled to defend the pass against Rocky Lombardi and Michael Penix, um, I mean, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and and Justin Fields are borderline unfair right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They're running wide open. Uh, Michigan tried to play zone against Indiana, and they looked like you'd expect a team that plays man all the time and never practices zone to look. They had no clue what they were doing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they they have so many holes in their secondary against the best passing attack, maybe in the country, certainly in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about Ohio State. And I, I can't see them winning that game. I can't see it as a result. I can't see Harbaugh uh, staying beyond this year. Although, 
who knows? We've seen a lot of backing from the Michigan boosters and presidents in the past. Not the boosters, the uh, the, the top brass, I should say. I bet the boosters behind the scenes are probably ready to move on, at least a number of them at this point. I know I would be. Uh, he hasn't met any of the expectations they had for him coming in. Um, nine, ten wins a season, never competing for a Big Ten title. just isn't the standard they want for that program, um, even if it is kind of what they are as a program. Well, let's look at their schedule. I mean, they have Wisconsin on Saturday night. Wisconsin hasn't played for three weeks. We assume Wisconsin's going to be cleared to play. We don't know if Graham Mertz is going to be cleared to play. If Graham Mertz doesn't play, then, I mean, you cannot lose if Graham Mertz, if Wisconsin's on its third quarterback with Jack Cohn and Graham Mertz, both sideline. Mertz would be by COVID. Can you say with 100% certainty that you would expect Michigan to win at Rutgers the following week? I mean, Rutgers, no. beat Mich- Rutgers beat Michigan State in East Lansing, and East and Michigan State beat Michigan. I know that, you know, I know that doesn't work very often the way Great that works out. But you know, that'd be like the Super Bowl to Rutgers and to Greg Schiano to knock off Michigan. Absolutely, they'll have all the motivation and reasoning to probably unveil fifteen new trick plays that we didn't see against Ohio State. Uh, I would not be shocked to see Rutgers win that game, um, but. Jim Harbaugh thinks they're close, so, I mean... Yeah, but close to what? Close to what? (laughs) Close to an implosion? I mean, this gives me no pleasure to say. I know it gives some Ohio State fans pleasure to say. I I take more of a long view of of things, and Ohio State football being good as an alum, I love seeing that. But I love seeing Ohio State, A, prepared for the postseason, which I don't think the Big Ten prepares Ohio State for the postseason at all. And... I grew up during the 10-year war, which I know was way before your time, but it's hard for an Ohio State fan to to ever say, yeah, this is you know, this Michigan game is one that if we lose it's not the end of the world. But you do have to lose a rivalry game now and then or it's not a rivalry. And uh this rivalry is it's just not it's not a rivalry i've i've gone back and forth with people on twitter uh who say i i said earlier this year that ohio state's game at indiana looks like their toughest game oh you're crazy you know what about michigan and i'm like if you go back over the last 20 years and total up the number of teams in the big 10 that have beaten ohio state more than michigan has it's a long list purdue northwestern wisconsin michigan state uh, Nebraska's beaten them once, which is all Michigan's beaten them in the last 20 years. Uh, I'm probably leaving some out. I mean, it's just, you don't ever want to lose a rivalry game, but like I said, Andy, if you don't ever lose one, it's not a rivalry. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of Ohio state fans, frankly, this era of dominance comes right off the heels of the John Cooper era. Uh, and I think that's why you see a lot of people still say, you know, how many times they ruined us back in the nineties. It's yeah. uh it's turnabout is fair play and all of that, but it, you're right. It has gone on for so long now. Uh, this era of dominance in Michigan, the gap has grown wider in the re- in recent years. Oh yeah. And it's widening. Yeah. It's, it's grown wider. It's, it's grown much wider than it was under trestle. Uh, the margin last year, Ryan day's first year was bigger than the margin in urban's final year. And Ryan day already this year, uh, it's been reported that when Harbaugh tried to make a 
some kind of a point about Al Washington, a former Michigan assistant, by the way, uh, coaching without a mask. It ticked Ryan Day off to the point where he told his team, we're going to try to score 100 on him. And Andy, that seemed like in the summertime when he said it, uh, a bit of uh, idle hope. I'm not so sure they can't score 75. I'm I'm really not so sure they can't. No, I'm not at all either. I think uh, Ryan Day loves to send underhanded messages. He's never going to be public about it. Um, he'll never come out and say if he runs up the score in that game. We'll see if he does. We'll see if Ohio State's able to <laughs> put 75 on the board. But Ryan Day's never wanted to come out and say that's why he's doing it. But he'll absolutely do it and not say it to the public. Um, we've seen that in the past. Uh, I think the Maryland game last year, yeah. uh, after you know murmuring that they were the one who leaked the Chase Young info with the travel. Um, there, there's been some interesting happenings in the in the, in the past with Ryan Day, and uh, perhaps sending messages, and even just the fact that he's willing to put up style points like Urban didn't. Uh, when it comes to the college football playoffs and realizing it's about looking good as well as just winning the games. Uh, so I, I, I think that'll be a pretty big blowout in Ohio State's favor this year. I know when I make my predictions for that game, uh, I'll predict a, a big margin of victory for Ohio State, assuming you know Justin Fields is out with COVID or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, the gap is huge right now. And I don't know how you can be happy with that. If you're a Michigan booster, someone who gets to the program, and this all ties back into what we were talking about. And Jim Harbaugh has to be on his way out at Michigan or else you're settling for a huge gap from Ohio state, never competing for a big 10 title, at least not consistently. You know, are you happy with where you are as a program? I know that's not your standard. So. No, when you look at programs in the Big Ten, who uh, let's just do it on a momentum index. Indiana has more momentum than Michigan. Rutgers has more momentum than Michigan. Penn State's 0-3, but I think they still f- have more momentum than Michigan. Maryland has more momentum than Michigan. Ohio State clearly does. So they have the least momentum of anybody in the Big Ten East, and he's in year six. And that's just unacceptable. Uh, that's right. unacceptable at any school. That is clearly unacceptable, and it gives it gives me no pleasure because I, I remember him as a player. I thought at Stanford and San Diego, he did a great job. I thought he was perfect for the Big Ten. I thought we'd have the same uh, kind of back-and-forth snarkiness with he and Urban that we had with Woody and Bo, and it just hasn't materialized. And uh, they've got to be looking for – he's got to be looking for a soft landing um, – face-saving exit, and they have to be as well. And now that question becomes, um, if Luke Fickle is the hot guy or one of the hot guys, and for those who watch the podcast here on the Landry Football Channel on Twitch or listening on LandryFootball.com, if you don't know Luke Fickle's background as Cincinnati's coach, he was you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who, if you looked up the definition quintessential Ohio State guy, you'd be hard, hard-pressed to find a guy different than Luke Fickle. He grew up in Columbus. He started all four years as a Buckeye. He 
I think he coached one year at Akron, and then he was on the Ohio State staff, moved his up way up from position coach to defensive coordinator to interim head coach when they let Jim Trestle go, back to defensive coordinator, and now he's at Cincinnati. But uh, great jobs like the Michigan job, and I still think it's a great job, Andy. Don't come open all the time. I think Luke Fickle would rather be the head coach at Ohio State than the head coach at Michigan. But that's a pretty hard job to turn down if it's extended to you. Yeah, I'd agree. But uh, do you really want to leave what you built at Cincinnati if you're him? I mean, he loves Ohio and recruiting Ohio. And uh, frankly, he's done a lot with that program right now. They're in a really good place uh, where they're going to be dominant in the AAC for a while. Um the only, but you're right. It's a power. It's a big time power five gig for Luke Fickle. Um, we've definitely seen Ohio guys cross the border of the rivalry before. Um, wouldn't be a surprise if he took that job to me. But honestly, with how the challenges that come with it right now, knowing you've got that bear down south to play every year, um, I don't know if he'd fully want to take it. Um, I think it would be a decision, honestly, for him. I don't think it'd be an instant like, oh, yeah, I want to go to this big-time program. I just look at it like, at Cincinnati, as great a job as he's done, there are things that you can't do there. Right. At Michigan, if you put, you write down on a list, what are the things we can't accomplish at Michigan? The paper's blank. I mean, there's, you can accomplish everything there. And I actually think, if you're, if you're uh, a guy who relies on Ohio recruits to win, I think there's no better time than now to be a coach anywhere other than Ohio State and and get Ohio talent because Ohio State has ascended to the point where they are perfectly willing to go outside the state and they select the national guys, and that leaves a lot of really good Ohio football players uh, available to you. Luke Fickle's taking advantage of that at Michigan. He's recruiting Ohio better than Harbaugh is. And, <laughs> this is and, true. And Luke recruits, recruits Florida very well. And so uh, if you can recruit Florida and Ohio as the Michigan coach, and I, I presume he'd do a very good job in the state of Michigan, uh, I think Luke would do great there. Uh, but Matt Campbell will want that job too. Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Uh, I don't know. Here's the question. I don't know what's harder or more hard to imagine. Luke Fickle wanting Michigan or Michigan being humble enough to want Luke? Hmm. That's a good question. I uh, I don't know. I, I don't think. Look again. Michigan's crowd. They, they're not afraid to get the right guy. I don't think. It, even if he's an Ohio guy, former Ohio State coach. They. I mean, Bo Schimbeck. Bo Schimbeckler was Woody's assistant. Yep. And Gary Moeller was an Ohio State captain. Yep. Exactly. So I don't think. I don't think there'll be any qualms about it. If they think Luke Fickle's their man, they'll they'll go to him regardless of his background. So we, the other thing, though, I want to kind of transition in here. Do you, we've talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh, uh, why he's probably not getting extended or why he shouldn't be at least. I also want to talk about James Franklin. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he's in a contract here, but he – sorry, I'm getting a phone call there. That's okay. I don't believe he – I'm not sure he's the right coach for Penn State moving forward. The way they've started – I don't know if you've seen this – the top 10 recruits in Pennsylvania for this class will all be going elsewhere. Wow. None of them are going to Penn State. The top 10 recruits. And that's just kind of 
unacceptable if you're a Penn State head coach. They just lost out on Derek Davis, uh, who's the number four player in the state. Safety shows LSU over Penn State and Ohio State. Um, I don't know, you know, that, that's just kind of, you look at that and you say, how can you not get the top talent in your own state as any coach, you know? Um, and Pennsylvania is not exactly a battleground state typically for football talent in the first place. No, I, you know, that's a problem. Uh, I, whenever I hear that, with a guy who's done well in the past with the talent in his state, I wonder two things. Number one, I wonder if the high school coaches have lost faith in him and he's maybe gone outside the state to grab some guys, ticked off the high school coaches, his relationships have suffered. The other thing I wonder is, has he gotten to the point where he overlooks uh, the attention to detail, the effort, the work ethic that is required to continue to maintain those relationships to recruit at an elite level in your state? There are a lot of rumors out there a year or so ago that James Franklin was going to be the head coach at USC. And if you ever get to the point where you start thinking about a job you're going to have instead of the job you have, you're going to start underachieving with the job you have. So I wonder if that might be a part of it too. Now the USC uh, Arizona State game breakfast with the Pac-10 on Saturday broke late for USC. I still wouldn't bet any, any, appreciable amount of money or even a small amount of money with our friends at American betting experts that Clay Helton's going to be back as a head coach at USC next year, nor would I bet any appreciable amount of money that Tom Herman's going to be back at Texas next year. And James Franklin, I would think would look at those two jobs as a better job than the job he has. And yet he's a hard hire. If his team is, um, you know, Oh, and three already. That's a hard sell, but he has enough track record that he could you could you could position him to be an improvement over certainly over Clay Helton, and I would say he's an improvement over Tom Herman. I think that um, he'd do okay, but those in-state recruiting uh, failings uh, that's a that's a red flag. It's a red flag. Great point by you. Uh, let's talk about uh, the surprise team of the Big Ten, Northwestern. Would they be your surprise team of the Big Ten, Andy? Yeah, to this point. I uh, didn't expect them to get off to a 3 0 start after how they played last year. Of course, uh, Pat Fitzgerald's always got that team going in the right direction on defense. Um, I I mean, that Northwestern Purdue game could be the battle for the Big Ten West this weekend. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, if I told you before the season, hey, the ranked teams in the Big Ten outside Ohio State and Wisconsin are going to be Indiana at 10 and, and Northwestern, I. Don't think you would have believed me, Bruce. No, I wouldn't uh, have. You you had Indiana cited early. You were on Indiana. That's why I say they're not the surprise team of the Big Ten with wins over Penn State and Michigan because you identified them in August, but I don't think any of us identified Northwestern as a team that'd be no. three and zero. No, not at all. Uh, I didn't expect Maryland to be two and one at this point either. But a big win over Penn State. I don't know what to make of the Big Ten conference this year outside of Ohio State. Really, uh, we know they're the best team, but then everyone else is beating everyone else, and it's just this big mismatch, mishmash, mish, I don't, I can't speak right now, but the, uh, I, it's, it's a wild, crazy year in the Big Ten Conference this season, um, and it, I, I, I guess Ohio State, it's good for Ohio State if you're talking about making the playoffs, it's bad when you're talking about the competition as we've discussed. Yeah. 
I'm with you 100% on that. I think it's uh, safe to say there'll be no second Big Ten team in the New Year's Six this year. Uh, we want to thank you if you found us on Twitch TV. We apologize for our technical issues earlier. Twitch.tv forward slash the Chris Landry football show. Two things today. Hit that follow button. It's the little heart in the bottom right-hand side of the screen. That'll automatically send you a message every time we're live and a link to the show. And secondly, chat with us on Twitch. Say hi. Say anything. We'll give you a shout-out back. Our friends in the Big 12 in defense of the Big 12 coming up at the top of the hour. All right, Andy, we do an annual or a, a weekly feature here called You Can't Handle the Truth. Do you have something uh, locked and loaded for that? Shall I play you the intro or shall we skip that this week? Oh, we'll, we'll play the intro. I got a little. Something. All right, very good. Here we go. You can't handle the truth. All right, Andy, what uh, what do you have that falls under the uh, purview of You Can't Handle the Truth this week? Oh, a little, just a little truth here because he's now at least tied for the favorite in Vegas. I think Justin Fields is the Heisman front runner right now. Wow. With the game Trevor Lawrence has missed, um, I, I said earlier in the season it was Trevor Lawrence's to lose. Well, it's that two games for COVID. Your team lost to Notre Dame. He could come back and have Heisman moments in the ACC title game. Maybe steal it back then. But as of this moment, I know Mac Jones from Alabama is looking exceptional as well. When you look at Fields, I think two things. One. You talk about a guy who was a Heisman finalist last year and has made somehow made a huge jump from last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't going in know how exactly how much he could improve, but he has NFL accuracy and ball placement this year. The way he can throw back shoulder to the end zone or hit somebody in their chest coming across the middle or just he, I have been blown away by his accuracy. It's reflected by an 87% completion percentage through three games. I mean, he only seems to have incompletions when passes are dropped. Uh, and it's just insane the numbers he's put up, the uh, production he's had, 908 yards and 11 touchdowns with no interceptions through three games um, against at least one quality defense in Penn State. I mean, Rutgers and uh, – Nebraska aren't exactly the class of the Big Ten in that area, but I believe the way he's looked. And then the other thing is you talk about value. The thing is, honestly, if Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud or Gunnar Hoke were the quarterback of this team, they aren't a playoff contender. Just because of how bad the Big Ten is, they might still go 9-0 mm-hmm. uh, with one of those guys at the helm. Uh, I don't think they beat Wisconsin with one of those guys at the helm, but they might have play Wisconsin in the Big Ten title Well, game. it might not have beaten Penn State. He might not have beaten Penn State without Justin Fields. So uh, you talk about value, you talk about production, and just you take a guy who was a Heisman finalist last year, and he makes a huge jump. He might even be passing Lawrence in the draft, which I didn't think there was any chance could happen before this season. I Because Lawrence is considered a transcendent. You, you look at what the NFL pundits are saying. He's viewed as this transcendent guy for the league. Justin Fields is starting to fall even with him as far as draft stock. I think he's actually pulled ahead in the Heisman race, at least for the time being. Um, he won't have as many chances to put up Heisman moments later, though, is the only concern for him. Yeah, I don't think that's misplaced at all at this time. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Trevor Lawrence bounces back. Uh, watched every bit of that Notre Dame game. Uyunglele. Um, great numbers but he misses some things and uh i gotta believe you know i mean in one hand you look at oh he threw for 400 yards he threw for more yards than anybody ever did against notre dame how could uyunglele be the problem well you don't know what he 
what he missed in that game. And you don't know that uh, his presence back there. I thought Uyunglele didn't run the ball enough himself, which Lawrence, as we know, uh, at Ohio State is definitely capable of doing. <laughs> so uh, what what transpires the rest of the year going down to the finish? Uh, but Justin Fields is certainly capable. Uh, that's going to be an interesting evaluation of those guys. Here's a question from our uh, Twitch audience from Rich Coates. He says, what coaches could you see for Penn State if they choose to move on from James Franklin. Well, I think more likely is James Franklin would choose to move on from Penn State, but it's leaving in the same scenario, Rich. Now, there's a job, Andy, that I think Luke Fickle would be interested in. And I think 100%. and I think he fits Penn State really, really well. Yeah, I uh, honestly, Penn State's main recruiting strategy is to take the Midwest guys. Uh, I think Luke Fickle would fit in well re- recruiting Pennsylvania's top talent, uh, unlike James Franklin this year, apparently. Uh, Luke Fickle is honestly just great with any in-state recruits, I think. I, we've only seen him recruit in-state in Ohio, obviously, because he's been an assistant at Ohio State for so long, and then obviously head coach at Cincinnati, uh, recruited in-state there. But he just has an ability to develop a rapport with high school coaches. We've seen that in the success he's had at Ohio. So uh, I think, really, when you have Pens- Pennsylvania – is in Ohio in terms of football talent traditionally, but they do produce some top players uh, year in, year out. You, you get a few guys from there that can help your program significantly. Um, and you're right. I think he would just be a culture fit there. Yeah. Uh, for what they do, I, I think he can build on sort of that tradition of excellence that they have um, between, you know, what, what Joe Paterno did there for so long. Um James Franklin has had some success there. He's just sort of fallen off here as of late. Uh, so I, I think really Luke Fickle would be a great hire for them. Yeah, and uh, I think it'll be some of the some of the same prospects that Michigan will have. So much of this is, you know, who do you jump for? Matt Campbell would be a great hire for them. I'm going to give you another one. I think Jeff Halfley would be a super hire for Penn State. Now, does a guy want to leave Boston College after one year? But, man, Jeff Halfley recruiting New Jersey – Recruiting the Eastern Seaboard uh, with with his charisma in Western Pennsylvania and throughout the state of Pennsylvania and with the ties that he uh, established at Ohio State, I think Jeff Halfley would be a super hire. And the Penn State Penn defense. State. Yeah. You talk about the pieces they have. Yeah. Jeff Halfley is the best defensive coordinator I've seen at Ohio State. Uh, not that I've been around all that long. And Jim Haycock was obviously a very good guy there but i the he fits he would also be a great i think a defensive minded coach is traditionally what works at penn state uh this that they always have really good defenses uh, and I, I that's what jeff halfley is that's what luke fickle is so i think those would be two great names matt campbell maybe but i i just don't think he fits the way halfley or fickle would i'm not sure halfley is willing to leave bc after a year though if James Franklin moves off from Penn State or vice versa. Keep in mind, though, Jeff Halfley was hired by Martin Jarmond uh, as AD, and Martin Jarmond left quickly after that and went to UCLA. Guys like to work for the guy who hired him. I'm going to throw another name out there. Bronco Mendenhall, Virginia, fits Penn State in a big way. Uh, His recruiting area fits Penn State. Bronco Mendenhall, defensive guy. He's done a really good job at Virginia. Uh, another name that'll come up, I'm sure, because he's a hot name, is Dino Babers at Syracuse. 
Dino Babers does not fit Penn State, in my opinion, like Halfley does, like Fickle does, or like uh, Bronco Mendenhall does. Yeah, I uh, I haven't followed Babers as much as I have the other guys. I think Rocco Mendenhall would also be great. I think you hit the nail on the head with all those names. Uh, I was going to bring up Halfley before you did. I didn't yeah. even think about Rocco there, but that, that would be a great hire as well, I think, for them. And you have a better chance to compete at Penn State than you do at Virginia, I think. Uh, you would even take that job. The, the, the recruiting footprint, uh, the tradition, the ability to compete in the Big Ten, I think, is better than what the situation Virginia has in the ACC. Okay, Andy, as we get on out of here, uh, the games this weekend, uh, Iowa at Minnesota, that's the Friday night game. Uh, we have uh, Illinois at Rutgers. Penn State is at Nebraska. Illinois at Michigan State. OSU at Maryland. And uh, Wisconsin, you said, is, oh, Wisconsin's at Michigan. Okay, and then Purdue and um, Northwestern. Yes. Okay. Do you have an upset in that group? Would it be Indiana at Michigan State? Do you think Indiana can build? Because we still this is the thing we don't know about programs that make a jump. Is can they keep their mind on their business? Can they stay focused? They've had two back to back emotional wins at home. Now they have to go on the road. They have to play a Michigan State team. What is Michigan State? Are they the team that lost at home to Rutgers and got pounded at Iowa? Or are they the team that beat Michigan? Should we put any value on winning at Michigan, given what Michigan has done? Because Minnesota can't stop anybody, so Michigan's offense looked great at Minnesota, but Minnesota can't stop anybody. And then Michigan has been just flatter than flat ever since then. Are you calling a Wisconsin win over Michigan? I certainly don't think you're calling an Ohio State loss at Maryland. No. Uh, but those would be the three that I think would, uh, you know, would jump out here uh, unless, uh, you know, Northwestern uh, winning at Nebraska. If you want to uh, pick the uh, Wildcats this week against Purdue, well, yeah, I, that'll be a pretty evenly matched game. I think. I don't know if you could call an upset there as much. Yep. Uh, at Purdue, I might actually like Purdue for that game. I think they've got some pieces on offense. Uh, Northwestern hasn't really been tested as much yet. Um, I think, you know, that win at Nebraska was impressive, but you only beat Iowa by one point. I mean, it was no one expected you to win that game necessarily, but it was by just one point. Uh, they've had some close scrapes. So uh, I would I would actually probably take Purdue in that game. I like I like what uh, Brahms done with some of the offense there. They they Purdue has played down to their competition a little bit, blown some leads. Uh, you think you watch that game and you wonder if that can happen again, but uh, I think I think they'll manage to stay the course this time. Maybe we've learned some lessons from those games, and this is that game could end up deciding the Big Ten West, which is crazy to think about. You know, uh, if the winner of that game wins out, they're in. Um, even Purdue with the game canceled against Wisconsin, you finish seven and zero. Wisconsin six and zero. You know, uh, also. I think Wisconsin-Michigan entirely hinges on whether Graham Mertz is back. Uh, if Wisconsin, like you said, is onto that third-string quarterback, uh, I, I am interested to see how the team bounces back after two awful showings against Michigan State and Indiana Michigan. I mean, Jim Harbaugh says they're close. I don't know what they're close to. Yeah, they're close to something. They're close to, they're close to him <laughs> getting walking papers. But... Um, 
I think that really, can you bounce back? Uh, if you come out motivated for that game and Wisconsin is on their third string quarterback, you have a real shot. Uh, especially, you know, they haven't played in three weeks. And that layoff after having played one game in the past 10 months can can really hurt uh, a team. They can come out rusty and on, on discipline. So I think if you can take advantage of that, if you're Josh Gaddis on offense, uh, the defense having had so few reps for Wisconsin relative to your offense now having played these past two weeks, they, that could be something to watch there, Michigan in Wisconsin. But I think if Graham Mertz is back, there's just too many holes in that Michigan secondary. Yeah, I, I just it's a measure of uh, something that I'm picking Wisconsin at Michigan no matter what. I'm picking Wisconsin to win that game. Uh, it's not an upset, but I'm picking Wisconsin. So I'm not sure there'll be an upset in the league this week because you said Northwestern Purdue's not really an upset. Indiana at Michigan State might be close for a half. Penn State and Nebraska, I got to believe, I still believe a little bit in Penn State. I don't believe in Nebraska at all. That might be, if I had to pick one, I might pick Nebraska there. Uh, but I don't think Wisconsin winning at Michigan is uh, an upset, but I think that is what we are going to see this week. Uh, and that'll do it for Andy and I as we, uh, hey, we fought through all of our technical issues, Andy, and uh, we'll cobble together. Uh, the audio from the podcast without all the interruptions and silence. Before we leave, a reminder, go to uh, American Betting Experts. LandryFootball.com is how you get there. Their ad is in the upper right-hand corner of the page. Pick the gaming site legal in your area. Bet MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet. Sign up, receive a deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. LandryFootball.com. Thanks for watching us on the Landry Football channel on Twitch. And we will be back again next Monday in the same location that time uh, as today was uh, brought on by COVID concerns with visitors from all places of Arizona coming to visit, which we love the visits, but, you know, got to be uh, got to be COVID free and uh, COVID safe. Right, Andy? Right. Fantastic. All right, my friend, I will see you again on Monday. Everybody have a great week. Talk to you soon. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.